nothing better. Nothing better. On a rainy, stormy, soaking summer day. In a good old-fashioned trade rumor, Mr. Parker. Nothing better. We will, of course, deal with the Jays' 10-2 win over the Baltimore Orioles last night. In the process, asking a very uncomfortable question about Hyunjin Ryu. But let's talk about John Heyman on MLB Network today, throwing out the possibility, well, not throwing out the possibility, saying that the Blue Jays are one of the teams interested in prying <clears throat> Nelson Cruz away from the Minnesota Twins, Kevin Barker. Now, a couple of things about this. First of all, I know that you and Boomstick are big friends. Yeah. From Windy Ball. How about that? But let's think about this for a minute. Because the reaction immediately... And look, the Minnesota Twins are going to trade a bunch of, bunch of players. They are the biggest disappointment this year. All right. We know that. The immediate reaction from people is, of course, oh, Nelson Cruz is great. That gives them an even deeper lineup. But <laughs> it still doesn't cure their pitching woes. It, it still doesn't add another arm to the bullpen. Um, it certainly doesn't in, in, in increase their run prevention because Nelson Cruz's best position is bat. So initially, my reaction is, okay, of course, the, J the Jays, everybody's making calls on Nelson Cruz. Why wouldn't you? But you know what, Kev? I think this is how we need to view this. If you are in contention at the trade deadline, if you can get another bat for Nelson Cruz isn't gonna, is not going to cost you a top prospect. He's just not. He's got one year left. May retire after this year, I believe. Mm -hmm. He's only got one year in his contract, right? Yep. May retire after this year. You're not. So, you know, this idea that you're going to have to move a top prospect to get him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure the Twins would like you to do it, but you're, you're probably not. You're probably not. Probably not going to have to do that. The deal makes sense to me. If the Jays are still in it around the trade deadline. It makes sense to me if, as part of this deal, you move a hitter to bring in a good arm. I'm not no disrespect to Trevor Richards, but I'm not I'm not talking about a Trevor Richards. I'm talking about a you know, pick any good arm, Sonny Gray, somebody like that, Ooh. starter reliever. Then it kind of all makes sense. I don't know though, as 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 much as it would make the lineup really good, and as much as you would effectively. I guess if you operate under the assumption Springer plays every day and Teoscar plays every day and, and, and Nelson Cruz DHs, that would leave you with kind of a platoon of Gurriel Jr. and Randall Gritchick, although it, you know, I know they're both righty hitters. But it would certainly lengthen your lineup. It would make your bench much stronger because you would have one of those two guys, theoretically at least, not in the lineup. So it's one of those deals I don't think you can just sort of dismiss out of hand. First of all, John Heyman's sources are pretty good. Um, 
And it, as I said, it, it's a deal you might make if you're closer. I don't know if making that deal today does anything other than, you know, does it take the Jays from third place to second? I don't know, Kevin. Yeah, I don't know. I, a lot of that could be, too, protecting Vladdy. Teoscar Hernandez be hitting sixth. Don't think about that for a second. Run producer, use the whole field, hit with two strikes. Talk about making the lineup longer, making it harder to pitch to. Match up against late in games. I mean, it'd be almost impossible with the boomstick hitting cleanup. I'm assuming that's that's right, where he would hit. And and don't worry about the whole righty lefty thing. Yeah, it don't matter anymore. Like, there isn't. There's a there's yeah, a quality hitters who who can exactly. dominate fastballs and lay off breaking balls and do the things that that way. It still doesn't hide the fact that who do you give the ball to in the seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning? A lot of the times that that still doesn't hide the fact that they still need arms that they can count on when it comes crunch time. They really don't have any of those. Well, they have. A few, but they really don't have that no-brainer other than Jordan Romano when Jordan Romano's doing Jordan Romano things. Other than him, who do they really have? That's If you add another piece, sort of a no-brainer, and you bring in Nelson Cruz, <laughs> now now all of a sudden maybe you don't have to to go and get two arms. You could get a, a cleanup hitter that just by walking in the room, all of a sudden everybody's eyes light up and go, hey, we're going for it. They really believe in us, which might be a, a little bit more to this of what they're trying to to bring inside clubhouse with the young guys that you know the shortstop did say they were going to carry a trophy across the field and that's a big that's big words when it comes with big words is you got to be bring in big time players and Nelson Cruz for me is a big time player when the lights are brighter he sends, tends to show up and then, you know that would be a nice little piece but again it's can can they win when he gets here say he's here could they win a bunch of 10 to 6 games that would be the question and if the answer to that is yes then you try and go out and get it yeah, I, again, I think I have no problem with this <clears throat> if it's not if it isn't done in a vacuum. You know, then I have no problem with that. I don't know, maybe there's an arm involved too. Maybe maybe as part of the deal you got to accept the remainder of Nelson Cruz's money uh, for the arm you want and in return maybe you do give away or move a a more highly touted prospect for it. I mean, we do know the Twins have some arms that are interesting. Something else to add, though, is the Jays aren't the only team that are reputed to be in the in the Nelson Cruz mm-hmm. hunt, and there will be more teams getting into it. Uh, maybe not the Chicago White Sox now, because they looks like they're going to get Eloy Jimenez back uh, pretty soon. But the Oakland Athletics, they are going to be active in the trade market. Nelson Cruz is the perfect athletic. Not under contract for next year, can hit mm-hmm. bombs. Yep. It's perfect a- a- athletic. So... Keep in mind that the Jays won't be the only teams fishing in those waters, but it certainly has provided grist for the rumor, the rumor mill. And there's 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 nothing wrong with that. And as I said, I don't I don't dismiss it outright. I don't dismiss it outright, but it seems to me it's a deal you make in conjunction with some other moves. And quite frankly, if you lose two of three to Tampa this weekend, and you go into the break and you're what eight out of the wild card, or six out of the wild card, I guess, or eight behind. What's Tampa, the point you're saying? Well, I need to see more. I, I, I need to see this team force management's hand if they're going to make a big deal. You know, getting Trevor Richards and adding Adam Simber and, and Corey Dickerson. We forgot about Corey Dickerson. I mean, your bench, there's another hitter that's going to have to factor into this, although as a lefty hitter, he, he profiles nicely here. Mm-hmm. Um, but those other moves that management has made so far aren't 
they're smart moves. They aren't they aren't necessarily moves that get you over the top. They're moves that address immediate needs. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm taking anything away from it, but um, but uh, but there we are. And as I said, it's certainly interesting, certainly interesting to talk about. Let's talk about last night's game. Ten two win for the Blue Jays. Uh, the series will be decided today. Now there is a flash flood warning in Baltimore. They're getting pelted by rain. So uh, keep that in mind. Stay tuned to Sportsnet 590. The fan will let you know and keep you updated in the latest weather information. But if they do go tonight, it'll be Alec Manoa against Dylan Tate. It'll be a bullpen day for the Baltimore Orioles. Let's talk about that 10-2 win last night. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu, better. Uh, I wouldn't say it was... Well, seven strikeouts, a couple of walks. What do you have? Four, three, two counts. It was okay. It was better. It was better than what we've seen through most of June. Still didn't scream to me dominance. The changeup was better. The arm speed in the changeup was better. But Kevin, let's let's think about something here. Hyunjin Ryu, I think we co- we we consider him the ace of this staff or the number one starter the Jays got five innings out of him last night on an extra day I understand it was hot was humid it's all that but they got five inning innings out of him last night on an extra day he's not going to pitch for the rest of the week Mm -hmm. so a guy who was your number one starter who isn't going to the All-Star game, so there's none of that worry about we got to get him set up so that you know he can throw in the All-Star day if he wants. You're, he's basically not starting in your biggest games of the year, which I think those games against Tampa are. Mm. And whereas a lot of teams go into the All-Star break trying to figure out, okay, how can I get my ace an extra start here? Like, how can I get my ace an extra start without without ruining his arm or without putting too much too much work too much workload on him the jays are basically telling him okay we don't need you now for what uh eight days yeah nine days i mean i don't know what that says i'm not taking anything away from yunjin ryu and again based on what we saw in june i would take last night was an improvement even though it was against the orioles but bark i think that's something to think about and and it makes me wonder if as we get closer to the deadline, the Jays may not be looking at something a little more than another bullpen arm. You know, Craig Kimbrell or something like that. They may be looking to add, to add a more significant starting pitcher. Yeah, well, if you for me, you you said they're, he's their number one starter. For me today, he's not. If you had to win three games, you needed your best three pitchers to go in a row. For me, that would be Ray, Stripling, and Manoa. Ryu would be the fourth yep. guy. He's the fourth game. That's today. Now, that obviously, at the beginning of the season, that would be, you know, he would be the guy. But right now, because of arm slot on the cutter, uh, the release point on the cutter and the changeup hasn't been great. You know, the, the, the things he went through a couple of years ago because of COVID, he had issues with that. That's, that, that was hard to get through. He's been on the road for the last year and a half, playing, pitching in Dunedin, pitching in Buffalo. I, I would imagine has to be one of the hardest things he's ever done just because he's left-handed, he throws 88 miles an hour. You throw 88, you got to, in ball in minor league ballparks, that you're trying to stay away from certain parts of those ballparks because the ball carries the way it does. 
you change mechanically things that you're trying to throw pitches in different spots that you normally <clears throat> would throw that pitch in a different spot. Mechanics get out of whack. You know, arm slot gets weird. Release point goes away. Now you're trying to find that again. <clears throat> and, you know, it gets back to that point where, for me, if you look at the last couple of starts, was one against Seattle and one against Baltimore. That would tell you a little bit that they're trying to get him some confidence, get him against lesser teams. Seattle, you know, first four guys in New York, they give you a professional at bat. After that, not really. Baltimore, they got one hitter in that lineup that can hurt you. That's the leadoff hitter, and he's left-handed. They were thinking, you get him a little of that. And if you look, the last couple of starts against Tampa Bay, they've been tough on him. The one in April, he went three and two-thirds. His last one, he went a little over six innings. But he has to work through that. It's Those are not easy games when he's facing Tampa. He's really got to think his way through it. The change-up arm speed's got to be great. The location of that pitch has to be great. The late bite on the cutter has to be outstanding. It's They've seen him a ton. He's had He has to have a great game, game plan, and, and he has to be locating all of his pitches. So to further that point of, right, it gets back to when you need three games. Now, I know probably Steven Matz is going to be going that last game before the All-Star break, but it's just for me one of those things of right now, he's not one of the best three pitchers they got. It's the guys that I mentioned in Ray and Stripling and Manoa. Just so happens Manoa, because of, you know, the way it works out that his five-day come up in Baltimore and not when Tampa Bay. And also, you don't want him going back-to-back starts against Tampa Bay. You're facing seven mm-hmm. lefties. They would throw seven lefties at him. Will his slider be as good as it was last time? Sinker command, will it be as good? So, for me, they've worked it out exactly the way they wanted to work it out. They got the best guys going, maybe not the last game, but they'll figure it out with bullpen and throw a bunch of different arms at the race depending on what the how the first two games went. So, you know, the, the Ryu thing, he just needs to figure out some mechanical things. And for me, he's the one guy that's been hurt the most of not being in Toronto at the Rogers Center just because of all the things I just mentioned and pitching to the ballpark and away from certain parts of those ballparks. It's impossible. It's, it's hard. It's been very tough on him. Just all the routines and, and a veteran guy that has a one specific routine that he's going to go with over and over and over again – May not be possible with the with the last year and a half that he's had to go through. So it'll be an interesting thing to see when he does come back how it looks then. He has thrown. He threw 86 pitches last night. He threw 85 pitches in his previous start. He threw 91 on June 26th. He threw 100 on June 20th. Um, and then 92, 95, 91, 91. Yeah, I'm not trying to read anything into this. And you're right, Seattle. Uh, Seattle's lineup is more difficult than you'd think. I mean, there's a reason the Mariners were where they were when they played the Blue Jays. He only lasted four innings, seven hits, five runs, four earned. So there is there is that, and 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 I think you're right. At this point in time, you ask yourself: Is would he be one of your three starters in a playoff series right now? Which effectively, I think this Tampa Bay series is. Yep, for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think I think we have our answer, and um, you know that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything other than it's a reflection of where Hyunjin Ryu is right now, but it does to me at least raise the question of, of you know, whether or not whether or not this rotation really is strong enough going forward. You know, and your best pitcher we've talked about this. Your best pitcher, Robbie Ray, is. The third time through, not the same dude. 
that that that's a trend. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they're thinking about going out and getting an established uh, cleanup hitter who can carry a team for a little while, take some pressure off some younger guys down the stretch, playoff hunt. Bo, Vladdy, hasn't been in any of those. It's a little different doing it at the big league level than it is the minor league level. You bring in a guy that, that can do it fair. those kind of ways. You know, the one thing for me with Ryu will stand out is pitches per inning. That, that's what skyrocketed a little bit. We'll tell you command, location. Command and location with him is different because of how many pitches he's got, the pitch sequences that he uses. He, he, there is no way to game plan against hunting hater because he doesn't really throw a heater in any count. He'll throw any pitch at any time. And you're seeing just yesterday, it was about 17 and a half pitches per inning. That's a lot for a guy that commands the way he does the command in. That's the the arm slot on the fastball end. The cutter end is a big deal. Release point on that is the same way because of a different arm slot, whether it's a little lower, whether it's too high. You know, he's finding a happy medium with that. And it's a collective reasons of why that is and for me a lot of it has to do with routines are thrown way off and the parks he's been pitching in commands a lot he throws 88 jeff and it's left-handed and for a guy pitching in minor league ballparks it's it's real hard to to go in and say okay continue to do what you're doing and do it the same way which is locating in to righties cutter in to righties and expand with the change up away the backdoor cutter away the slow breaking ball to give their eyes a different look it's a lot to ask. So, you know, this this all-star break coming a good time for him. He can step away, don't think about anything, come back, and hopefully when he comes back, that'll be closer for him getting to the Rogers Center where hopefully everything starts to fall in place and he can start throwing all of his pitches when he wants to throw them. 590-590 is the text line. Include your name and the location from which you're texting. We'll get to it after the break. Billy Ripken joins us as well. This is Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Five ninety five ninety is the text line. A, a couple of little newsy items before we get to Billy Ripken. Uh, Ryan Barucki pitched in Buffalo last night in inning. Three Ooh. up, three down. So he is on the road back. I have no idea whether or not we'll see him this weekend. Um... But uh, that, you know, Ryan, we've talked about Ryan Brucky and how important a healthy Ryan Brucky could be to this bullpen. All of a sudden now, Bark, you get Ryan Brucky back, and you're talking about Romano, Meza, Brucky, Richard, Simber. Yeah, it puts Meza in the sixth and seventh inning instead of the eighth yeah. and ninth inning. It make, make him a lot better. Yeah, and it keeps right there. It keeps Dolisen folks away from the sharp objects. So that's good. Uh, Julian Merriweather, <clears throat> this will come as a newsflash to uh, nobody. Uh, suffered a setback in his rehab from an oblique injury. And Charlie Montoya was essentially saying yesterday, don't ask me when he's back. You know, they they don't have any Julian idea. Julian doesn't he's, know either. Doesn't sound like he, Yeah. So it's, what, July? July 8th? Next year. Well, I, I'm, I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know if we can go that far, but would it surprise me? Would I be blown away if we find out we're not going to see him until next year? Given his track record, unfortunately, no. So I think you can put Julian Merriweather into the out-of-sight, out-of-mind category. And if he comes back, it be a great asset to the mm-hmm. team. But obviously, it could be a great asset to the team. But right now, at least, there is no indication that the Blue Jays are counting on him anytime soon. And, and 
you know, point of fact, I was told three weeks ago by someone in the organization, we're not seeing these rehabs, right, because we're, we're not with the AAA team. But I was told three weeks ago that the organization has basically said, look, we'll, we'll see him when we see him. So I know the fan base got excited because Charlie said that he was working his way back, but I don't know if he was ever as close to getting back as we thought he was. So that is an update on the bullpen. Let's bring in Bill Ripken of the MLB Network. Mr. Ripken, as always, it's good to talk to you. We trust you're doing well. We had a lot of fun with uh, our friend John Heyman's report today. The Jays may be kicking the tires a little bit on, on Nelson Cruz. Um, from your point of view, what would that accomplish for the Blue Jays? Well, I think first and foremost, it's going to put another boy in your lineup that would uh, hit the ball out of the ballpark and drive in runs. You guys seem to have a dearth of those type players, but uh, that would be a pretty good acquisition. I, I saw John on the air talking about that, and uh, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I wouldn't give up the farm, certainly, to, to get him because I like where your offense is, but uh, – Nelson Cruz has done one thing over the years awfully well, and that's hit, hit homers and driving runs. Okay, you're the perfect guy to ask this. Last time we, you were on here with me, I asked you about Bo Bichette. But since we've talked, uh, you know, he's getting a little bit more flat-footed than usual when going after a ground ball. And I was just wanting to get your take on, you know, is that hard to get past? Is that an easy correction? Or would that be something that he'll have to figure out in the offseason? You know, we were talking a little bit about him yesterday. I was on there with Harold Reynolds, and he was talking about, you know, Simeon coming over and kind of lending some guidance and stuff like that. I think as an industry, this is not just the Blue Jays, but it's across the board. Our fielders are getting way deeper than back in the day. And I think what they're doing when they get deeper is they turn sometimes the routine play into a bang-bang play where they have to rush. And if I'm not mistaken, Tatis Jr. has more throwing errors than he does fielding errors. He's got 18 total, I think 11 throwing. And I think uh, Bo finds himself sometimes in in the throwing problem. And a lot of it, in, in my opinion, it's the depth by shortstops in general. And I was watching the Dodger game going on. They were playing the overshift on a left-hand hitter of the Marlins. And Lux is playing in the outfield grass in Miami with an off hitter up at home plate. The ball was hit to his right. He's about two or three steps out into the grass. He doesn't make the play. And I think that we've made defense a lot more difficult because we're in this mode of protecting against rockets. And I'm a firm believer that I want the outs that I'm supposed to get. And if somebody hits a rocket past me into the outfield, so be it. They deserve a knock. Is that, is that a hard adjustment to make in season with where you play positional wise to certain, whether it's back, whether it's closer, mindset-wise, is that a hard thing to, to get over? I don't think so. I don't think it would be in my mind. And, you know, it's got to come from the top, though. Somebody in the dugout, somebody in the front office has got to come down and say, hey, you know what, get your position, and then just do me a favor and take one step in. You know, give me three feet in. Mm-hmm. And as long as it's okay, because it takes a little bit of pressure off. And once again, I still think that all the diving plays that go on, they're going to happen by – accident but if uh, or they're going to happen because the guys are skilled and that happens but what i want is that two hopper that's hit to you i don't want to make a cringy face in the dugout if i'm the manager i want to watch the two hopper 
And I always talk to to kids, and they don't know who I was talking about when I said David Eckstein. Mm-hmm. David Eckstein probably played the most shallow shortstop, I think, going. One, he didn't have the arm strength that some of these guys have. But every time a two-hopper was hit to him, he'd catch it, he'd move his feet towards the target, he'd throw what looked like a four-finger changeup over to first base, record the out. And last I checked, David Eckstein's got an MVP, a World Series MVP trophy on his mantle because he went out there and made the routine play and made Tony La Russa very happy every time a ground ball was hit to him. You know, it's interesting hearing you say that, Bill, because I think a lot of people would say it's kind of counterintuitive because we've all come to believe that the shift is supposed to protect some guys defensively, right? Well, one thing I think that the shift does is it turns a lot of routine plays into superstar-type plays. And even Manny Machado out there in San Diego, right, best, one of the best arms in the infield, when he goes out into short right field, he's almost throwing caution to win. He's standing on the warning track. And it wasn't too long ago I watched a ground ball hit directly at him. The guy beat it to first base. And it would be an out if I was playing second base in a lawn chair. And I think, once again, once we get into these shifts and these overshifts, are we convinced our pitchers can't get anybody out? And if you are convinced that way, then play the overshift all day long. But if i got a pitching staff that knows how to hit the end of the bat, knows how to hit the knuckles, um, I want those weekly hit balls. I don't want to see infield knocks um, when the overshift's being played. If somebody hits a rocket off of me, I'll tip my hat to them and say, you, you were better than me. But if I make a pitch, boy, do I want that out if I'm a pitcher. Yeah, okay, let's change gears just a little bit. And it, I want to put you on the spot and ask you, if you were Joe Madden in, in the All-Star game and you had Shohei Otani and, you you know, he was going to pitch and hit, how would you feel about that? You know, it, it's such a catch-22, the All-Star game. Because yeah. we all want our best players out there. We all want to see uh, – because our, our sport, baseball, still is the best All-Star game going. Yeah. Football is nothing more than – you know, touch or flag football. Basketball is a backyard pickup game that's like 210 to 198 at the end of the game. Um, But baseball, these guys go play. And I would be a little bit anxious. You know, Tony, even though he hit the home run the other day at his 32nd, he fouled two balls off his feet, one off his front foot, one off his back knee. And I would be a little bit cringy if I'm the manager of one said player. Now, on a baseball fan part of it, Boy, wouldn't I love Shohei Tiny to go out there and start the All-Star game, give me an inning, and I'd give him two at-bats and, and see what happens if he can run into another one and ignite the fans. But it's such a catch-22 because I think the player's responsibility, first and foremost, is the club that's paying them. And if everything is okay and hunky-dory, then so be it. Go to the All-Star game and have a good time. But I would like to see Otani be able to figure out how to do both in this All-Star game. Uh, Billy, I'm I'm looking at the American League West, and you know, there's a lot of storylines out there this year in the American League, and I think a lot of it maybe it's because we're in the East, but we talk a lot about can the Red Sox keep it up, the Blue Jays are they going to get some bullpen help, the Yankees, what's wrong with the Yankees, Chicago's running away in the Central, and we don't talk a lot about Houston. They've won six in a row. I woke up this morning; they're five and a half ahead of Oakland, and they're fifty-four and thirty-three. And it's like nobody's nobody's talking about them, and they're forty-one and nineteen against teams with a record above five hundred. So it's not like they're they're beating up on a bunch of patsies. They're really good, aren't they? 
Yeah, and I'm glad you put that point in with the teams over 500 because that is a pretty good one. Usually in September it rolls around, we all start looking at this strength of schedule. Well, be careful with that because we've seen teams in September that don't have a very good record knock a team out of postseason. But Houston is good. And the thing I liked about it, the mess that they went through, and let's make no bounds about it, that the trash can gate was real and they benefited. But let's also not make any bones about it, that those players were drafted for a reason. They put up some pretty good numbers in the big leagues for a reason because they can play. And the beautiful thing about Dusty coming on board is Dusty doesn't try to reinvent anything. He's got a guy in Gurriel that plays every day at first. Altuve plays every day at second. Correa plays every day at third. If Bregman wasn't on the list, he'd play every day at third. Um, third. Correa plays short, I'm sorry. Maldonado catches an awful lot of games. Straw is a little bit of their weaker link offensively, but he's played in almost every game because he's a pretty good defensive replacement if he's not. Tucker plays every day in right, and Brantley plays every day in left. And the fun thing for me, being an old-school crusty dude that I am, Houston's going to get to the playoffs. We might see Dusty hit the one through nine guys in the same spot in the order, and the guys might play the same positions for an entire playoff series. And if they advance, he might do it again. So the fact that Dusty's in charge and Dusty likes consistency and, and brings that consistent mentality to the yard every day, he's also got some very talented players that would be a manager's dream, in my opinion. I don't have to figure out anything. I don't have to manipulate the lineup. I don't have to pretend I'm doing something because it's the right thing to do. I got the players to go out and play, and I'm going to play them every day. Yeah, don't overthink it. Uh, uh, back to the All-Star game. I just heard Jacob DeGrom's not going to the All-Star game. What do you think about that, Billy? Well, I think as a baseball fan, I'm a little disappointed simply because you want to see the best pitcher, um, you know, be at the All-Star game and give us an inning and thrill us. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, look, the dude hasn't been 100% healthy all year. Um, he has gotten given up a few runs in his last few outings, which kind of makes you believe, okay, he's not 100%. And once again, I think his first and foremost responsibility is to the New York Mets, the club that's paying them. They're in first place. And if Jacob DeGrom's got to say, you know what, I'm going to take the all-star game off because I'm going to be right for the second half of the season, you know, so be it. But as a baseball fan, you'd certainly like to see him at the all-star game, but I certainly understand his decision for sure. Yeah, it sure would be nice to see him and Otani in the first inning, wouldn't it? That would be fun. Man, and it would nice. be fun to, to see him face him in the first inning, too. Yeah, okay, well, before we let you go, i got to ask you about this. Sonny Gray, I saw, uh, fourth inning, I think it was, he gave up two runs. And then he said in a Zoom call after the game that he went in between innings and basically threw his entire uniform in the garbage except his <laughs> shoes. i got to ask you do, you, do you have any story of anybody doing that during a game? I don't know about during a game. Look, we've all had our fair share of snaps during a game when things haven't gone right. You go down in the tunnel and you take out some abuse on something. But the whole uniform going in the garbage can is pretty funny right there. That's awesome. To come back out. Now, the cool thing about it is you're in the big leagues. Yeah. And you can get another uniform to put on. But <laughs> I've thrown away things before. Um, I've busted bats before. But... The the in game thing where you just chuck your entire uniform <laughs> and keep your shoes on is pretty funny. It's awesome. Yeah, I I, I think if you spend some time in the minors though, I, I I don't think you'd be doing that if you're in the minors. No, I, I don't I I don't know how that would. They uh, make you pay for the uniform. 
more or less. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and you, you, you might not get back out there and pitch again because you might not have a second uniform to go out there. And pitch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bill, thanks for doing this, man. Great to hear from you as always. Stay safe. Be well. Great stuff. All right, boys. Hey, good luck to the Jays, and I, I certainly hope you guys can get to watch them back north of the border uh, here sometime soon too. because they're a pretty talented group to watch, and I can only imagine that place and how electric it will be when you do get them back and you are allowed to have fans in the building. So good luck to you guys, and I hope the best for, for you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Take care. That's Bill Ripken of the MLB Network. That's such a funny story about Sonny Gray. How about that? I mean, guys come in. Guys come in and change their uniforms all the time. To- uh, change their tops a lot. I shouldn't say all the time, but I know they change their tops. I think David, somebody correct me. I think David Price was a guy who did that. Like, guys sweat a lot, but I can't imagine like, you know. Yeah, the, the, well, the, the only the only guy that I play with in the minor leagues. I don't know if you remember this guy called uh, Brian Lesher. Big big guy no. played for Oakland for a very long time. He's an outfielder, first baseman, big right-handed hitter. Okay. He used to buy. Uh, an extra six bats when I played with him in the minor leagues. He would buy 12, and then he would buy six more so he could break them. That that, <laughs> that was just one of those things where, because I would always make fun of him. I'd be like, what are you doing? You pay, you know, because six bats are expensive. And he would yeah, buy the same kind, the yeah, same right model. And he yeah. said, look, I use 12. 12 would get me through basically the entire season in the minor leagues. And if I went to the big leagues, I could get any bat I wanted to. So it didn't really matter. But I could use those 12 bats. And I said, well, why'd you buy the other six? He said, so I could either go in the dugout and just wear those things out. Or he was a big guy that would break it over his knee. And I've seen him actually, because he would sit somewhere around me. I'd hit fourth. He'd hit third. He'd hit fourth. I'd hit third. Somewhere around, I'd hit fifth. He'd hit fourth. So I'd be around him most of the time, and he would be walking back after a strikeout or something and just crack that thing over his leg. So it was kind of funny just to you see Sonny Gray do that. No, I, I tried it once, and it almost broke my entire body. It's it's a hard. Like, it's not an easy thing to do. No, it's... It's, it's almost impossible, and he would do it easy. Just like he would just get it and crack it over his leg and throw one piece one direction, the other piece the other direction. So that was my little... Rick, Rick Sweet, I do remember. I can't remember it. Real quick story before we go to break. There was a one guy that I can remember when I was in AAA with the with the with the Reds. Rick Sweet was our manager, and this one guy I can't remember his name. I was trying to sit at home and trying to remember his name. Who would go in after a strikeout and just hit his bat on something and make big loud noises till Rick Sweet got tired of it. So he bought a punching bag and hung it in the dugout just so this guy could go in and and beat his bat on the on the punching bag. So it was kind of a a neat little thing of just, you know, different strokes for different different kind of guys. But Sonny Gray's kind of fun. You know, he's, he's turning into one of my favorite players. Got stuff. Now, American League East, bright lights, Yankee Stadium, we all know how that yeah, went. Yeah, but yeah. we know how that he's went. Kind of, he's kind of fun to, to listen to talk and the things he does and not wearing an undershirt, which is just amazing to me, right? It's just it's amazing out there. Flipping the breaking balls and throwing the heater. And just, no you know, undershirt. No 590-590 is the text line. Bradley in Toronto, we talked about players missing the All-Star break. He said, I would love to hear your thoughts on the trash throws, Correa and Altuve skipping the All-Star yeah. game for rest. Seems pretty suspicious. A couple of things. One, Carlos Correa has said his wife is expecting, and I think he wants to spend some time with her. Well, I mean, that that that's what he's saying. Look, I got to tell you, I, what what Bill Ripken said 
just a few minutes ago resonated with me. Those dudes do play every day. Uh, We have talked about Colorado and about the altitude. And, yeah, you're only in there for a couple of innings, but it's like anything else. You're there for three days. It takes a while for your body to to recover from. It just does. We can whine about it and say these guys are staying in first-class hotels and everything. It's true, but it takes a while for your body to do that. And I also got to tell you, I mean, if I'm Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve, understanding that they deserve everything they've been getting from the media and fans, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be going there. I don't feel like I owe anything to anybody. I, I mean, think you guys have basically, you guys, folks in the media and fans, have basically been crapping on me for 18 months. I don't feel like I owe anything oh, to you. Like, yeah, I, 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 I can see them. I, I am not surprised I would by say, this. I would and I say, would do the same thing. I would say, went to that. You brought it on yourself, and you're obligated to do it. It's like Jacob DeGrom. There's a little bit of obligation when you're the best pitcher on planet Earth. I'm not saying you have to go there and pitch, but at least show up. Represent who you are. Represent Major League Baseball. Just not showing up at all. That's that's a that's a bit much for me. The Correa and Altuve thing. Who, who cares? Like I, you know, those I, those no, two guys. Saying, it is what it is. And went to the saying, how Kevin. your feelings and you brought it on yourself. You were the one yeah, doing Kevin, the banging. Kevin, Get over it a little bit, Kevin. You're making a lot of money. You got a World Series ring. You don't feel obligated to do this. You've been to All Star. It's games. an honor I'm to go to saying, an All Star game. It's an I'm honor. just saying they've gone. Okay. The games. Well, don't, you I'm should you should never that, be allowed to go again then, ever. I oh, I don't know about that. I'm just saying that. And, and I also think it might have been different if they'd been voted in as well. I don't know. Was Correa voted in at shortstop? I know that obviously Semyon got second. Yeah. That may have made a difference. I, I'm just saying that I'm I'm not surprised. I, I can imagine those guys wouldn't want to go and answer more questions. And I also think that, uh, yeah, I think there's a little bit of flipping the bird to, oh, to Major is. League Baseball as well in their part. And uh, frankly... From, on a purely human point of view, mm. I wouldn't blame him. I don't blame him. They're, they are. I, I, again, I just I have not been paying attention to the Astros for a variety of reasons. But I woke up this morning looked at the schedule. I think they're on the verge of sweeping Oakland. I mean, they're, they're having an amazing year. They, when you they, consider they haven't had Verlander. Yeah, they got a really good, they, they got a really good defense. They smother you offensively. Yes, they do. Uh, that lefty that hits cleanup for them, he he is some kind of good. You talk about balance and, and righty-lefty and having to throw mm-hmm. a righty a different way than you have to throw a lefty a different way. Every pitch that you throw has to be in a certain location, if not, and they played in the ballpark very well. You see that they get the head out and, and out and around just to, to hit to the little short porch in left field when they're at home. They're a really good team, but it's – I, I don't feel sorry for them. But when it comes to you, you bring things on yourself, there's things that come with that. And that that for me, the, the, the DeGrom thing, I just think it's his obligation. He is the best player on planet Earth. I'm not saying go there and pitch three He's innings. The best pitcher by, on planet Earth. By, by, no, by no means by that. But it's, for me, you, you at least show up and say, I'm here. I know who I am. I know what I'm supposed to be to baseball. And bring it. 590-590, the number to reach us on the text line. Please include your name, your location. We'll be back with more texts, more thoughts. It's Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Hazard 
just says to Barker, Barker, thanks for showing up and doing the show every day despite having to work with someone so stupid. You're a good man. That's from John. Hey, John, I think you're number one, my friend. <laughs> okay. I can't believe you read that out loud. Read between the lines, John. <laughs> no, because it was something nice. Uh, it was something nice about you. Oh. It was something nice about you. And, you know, we are a show for the people. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. People, five ninety five ninety is the text line. Bucky and Kitchener all star no shows should be removed from ever having eligibility to be in the game again. It is a service to the fans. Reminds me of Terrell Owens not showing up to his Pro Football Hall of Fame induction. Absolute joke. Great show as always, boys. Thank you, Bucky. Bucky and Kitchener. I, I mean, I respectfully disagree. It's an, it's an exhibition game. Who cares? Show up. You don't play in it. Show up. If I was an athlete, man, you find me on a beach someplace. I'm going away. Well, you I'm wouldn't be an all-star away. too many times. No, but no. I mean, I, people wouldn't like you. Doesn't matter. It does matter. Matter. Being, matter. A, being an all-star is cool. Ask Teoscar Hernandez. He loves it. What if Teoscar said, "Oh, you, hey Te- Teo, you're an all-star." Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go away. I'd rather ah, I'd rather on. go lay on the beach. Ah, come on. I was interested. Part of it. Hearing Billy talk about, or hearing Bill Ripken talk about Bo Bichette. It was. And and talk about playing deep and 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 how I, I love you know how the shift has turned the routine play into into spectacular yeah. play. But I'm going to watch that now and and see guys playing deep because it does make an interesting point. I understand there are a lot of fast guys in baseball right now, but there seem to be a lot closer, a lot more close plays at first base than I've seen before. It, it would explain why Bo gets flat footed a lot. He he has to because he's so deep. He's waiting on the ball. Instead of his rhythm and timing being so good because the ball's getting on him when it should get on him. Instead, it's the in-between hop. It's the ball that's not hit too hard. He gets over there. He gets very flat-footed. He's waiting on the ball. The ball plays him, and he rolls up his arm. Or he has to get in a hurry with his throw. He's His feet are too quick. You know, his feet are out of whack, and then all of a sudden he's throwing the ball all over the place. You see Vladdy over there doing the splits, going, hey, come on, man. Don't be afraid to hit somebody in the chest. Don't be afraid. It's the big leagues. <laughs> One time. <laughs> Break me up sometimes. Hey, what are we going to do about George Springer? That's a great question. Are I, you with me? Are you with me on the fact that once the all-star break is over, we are going to see George Springer back in the well, you better be, spot? You, you better be positive if Marcus Simeon is not coming back because if he is, he's going to be real mad. And it's going to cost you more money to get him back here if you're moving him. And he's an all-star, and he's doing what he's doing defensively and offensively in the leadoff spot. You better be. You better make sure. If that's the case, and you think, again, it, it, for me, a lot of that, too, if they bring the boomstick here, then, then you're okay to start moving guys around and, and putting guys where you that's think you can point. get the fullest of what they can bring offensively. And if you think, George, that's George being in the leadoff spot and, and Marcus Simeon could hit fifth, and all of a sudden, Teoscar's hitting six and that kind of thing, and then you're moving everybody else down a spot. You'd have to be a good salesman to Marcus but, Simeon. Know, I, I, but I look at this, uh, and let's say, let's give the Jays the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they win tonight. Let's say they take two of three from from Tampa, uh, and, and they go into the All-Star break. It, we know that George Springer is not going to be the cleanup hitter for this team. Not next year. He's just not. He's not. He didn't no. come here to be the cleanup hitter. You know. Well, he came here because the they gave thing, him 150 large and nobody else well, would. Yeah. Let's but, say it But the, the one thing we haven't seen from him on a consistent basis is him leading off. And yeah. it just seems to me that you come out of the out of the, the all-star break 
and you're where you are right now, I, I think you start you start the break fresh and you move Springer into the leadoff spot and put Semyon in the I don't know the fourth or fifth spot. Yeah, I, on, I just I think I think you do. On the year, he's hitting point ninety seven with two strikes. This is George Springer. When pitchers are ahead in the count, he's hitting one oh five. In the cleanup, small in the cleanup spot, I don't care. He's making one hundred fifty million dollars. I told you yesterday. We talk about him differently than we talk about other people, whether it's fair or not. He can't go three for sixteen hitting cleanup, and behind hitting behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I'm sorry, you just he, they need him to be better. They want to go where they want to go. George Springer has got to show up and show up big time down the stretch here. He's got to he's got to start doing George Springer things which is three for four with a homer, a lot. And that's, for me, getting ready, to being ready to hit, you know, not falling behind because that's obviously an issue. Maybe not getting to two strikes could be a thing. Hitting the fastball a little bit more. Pulling baseballs a little bit more. Doing a lot of things that George Springer can do because they're going to need him. Yeah, they've, uh, I've been a lot of ground balls and strikeouts. With George Springer? Yeah, yeah, yesterday, what did he do? He was 0 for 3 with three pop-outs. Out and around, getting jammed, fanny out, long-arming things, looking like he didn't have a good plan. You know, <laughs> I Harvey's not Harvey of five years ago. It's And he's had a lot of success against him. What was he, 5 for 10 with three homers or something? That's That should be guys you get healthy on. The healthier cuts, the way his swings look. I... Maybe I'm being a little too hard on him, but I expect a lot from him. He's got to show up, be better. That's why they that's why they moved Teoscar out of the cleanup spot because they thought that would give Vladdy more pitches because George Springer's name is George Springer. Can't go three for 16. I think you've made your point. I think you've made your point. Having said that, do you buy into the idea that after the all-star break, you move him into the leadoff spot? Because, again, that was plan A. Let's be obvious. It was plan A. It was until Marcus Simeon started doing what Marcus Simeon's doing, getting on base all the time, scoring a bunch of runs, hitting a bunch of home runs. They may have created an issue here. They sure have, especially if you're still 10 out. Yep. Good luck. Mr. Barker, you'll be back tomorrow. We'll both be back tomorrow. Blue Jays baseball tonight, the final of that three-game series against Baltimore. Jays looking for the series win. Stay tuned to this station. We'll keep you updated on the weather in the Baltimore area. Then it's on to Tampa.